This is KYUK Public Radio for the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. I'm Christy Schallenberger. In its big coronavirus response bill, Congress allocated $8 billion for tribes. Alaska's congressional delegation says the CARES Act clearly says Alaska Native corporations are eligible for that money, too. But some tribal leaders in the lower 48 and in Alaska say the law is not so clear, and they say ANCs should not be included. Mike Williams is senior chief of the Akiak Native Community, upriver from Bethel, and he says the $8 billion is in a section of the CARES Act that's intended for governments, state, local, and tribal. I come from uh, the poorest economic uh, area in the United States. And uh, when we're struggling for every bit of a dollar to provide these services, we need to have um, the maximum amount uh, of support for each tribe to battle this uh, COVID-19. William says his tribe will incur expenses of at least $1 million to keep the village of 400 safe. Among those expenses, Akiak leaders are trying to increase the working hours of tribal police officers and health aides. They need masks and hand sanitizer. And they've waived every household's $105 sewer and water bill so people can keep clean. Williams says they're also refurbishing two houses in case they need to isolate sick people. We've dealt with the Spanish flu in uh, 1918 uh, around here, and there were mass deaths. and. Uh, We don't want to ever see that again. Williams says the Native corporations don't have governmental responsibilities. Since they are for-profit companies, Williams says they should get money from other parts of the CARES Act that are set aside to help businesses. Decisions about how the money will be allocated are up to the Treasury Department after consultation with the tribes and the Interior Department. Some tribes are directing their anger at Assistant Interior Secretary Tara Sweeney, a former executive of the Arctic Slope Regional Corporation. A spokesperson for the Interior Department says Sweeney is not trying to divert money from any American Indians or Alaska Natives. And a deadline for tribes to apply for the federal funding is coming up at the end of the week. And in the YK Delta, Chalista Corporation worries tribal leaders don't have enough time or Internet bandwidth to meet it. President Trump passed a $2 trillion stimulus package earlier this month to provide economic relief amid the coronavirus pandemic. And $8 billion of that will go to federally recognized tribes, of which 229 are in Alaska. But the deadline to apply for funding is tight. Uh, yeah, we uh, Trista heard on Monday, uh, April 13, that the deadline was this Friday, April 17. Tom Leonard is the spokesperson for Chalista Corporation, which serves about 30,000 Yupik and Athabascan shareholders in the Yukon Kuskokwim Delta. The short turnaround time means the number of applicants at one time could crash the website, and low internet bandwidth in rural Alaska means that some tribes might not even have a shot. And we fully expect that the Treasury website to get uh, hammered uh, as the deadline nears. It's already Wednesday morning, so it's just going to get busier and busier. So connection speeds will probably uh, take a lot longer. The application asks tribes to list the land they own due to the Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act. That makes answering that question hard because it's unclear which land claims qualify. It actually has some... Uh, uh, hasn't been fully defined. Uh, so our understanding is that it essentially means the land granted to them under ANSCA. So the, the amount of land granted under ANSCA to each tribe or village corporation. 
Leonard says Chalista has contacted the Bureau of Indian Affairs and the Treasury Department to express their concerns. He says so far, it doesn't seem like they will extend the deadline. Meanwhile, Leonard says Chalista has reached out to tribal governments to help them through the application process. The application is due Friday, April 17th. And a dramatic drop in patients' visits has plunged the Yukon Kuskokwim Health Corporation into a steep financial decline. The organization's leadership warns that the large revenue loss could soon lead to furloughs and layoffs. KYUK's Anna Rose MacArthur has more. Last Monday, the Yukon Kuskokwim Health Corporation announced the first case of COVID-19 in the region. Two days later, on Wednesday, YKHC employees received an email from YKHC CEO and President Dan Winkleman saying some of them could soon lose their jobs. The pandemic, he wrote, is devastating our financials. Few people are seeking health care. Winkleman writes that patient visits have dropped by 70 percent. More than half of YKHC's revenue comes from Medicaid, and the state of Alaska has canceled essential Medicaid travel for most villages. And normal appointments aren't being done. The hospital has suspended elective procedures as well as optometry and dental visits. YKHC began telemedicine, but usage has been low, Winkleman said. To bring in the few patients who do come to Bethel, YKHC is having to pay for expensive charters due to cuts in air service. These hard economic times are occurring despite YKHC receiving funding from the CARES Act. Winkleman says the funds will only cover several weeks of operation. Winkleman writes that if patient numbers do not, quote, substantially increase over the next couple of weeks, YKHC will be forced to reduce our expenses significantly, which means a furlough and or a reduction in force, unquote. YKHC would not talk to KYUK about this financial situation or provide more details about potential job losses. In his email to employees, Winkleman thanked the staff for their months of preparing YKHC to respond to the pandemic and wrote that if a surge of COVID-19 patients occurs, quote, we will have much more work to do and it will be an all-hands-on-deck approach. In Bethel, I'm Anna Rose MacArthur. School leadership is changing hands around the YK Delta, the Gusbuck School District on the Upper Kuskokwim River, and the Lower Yukon School District have both selected new superintendents for the following school year. James Anderson will serve as chief administrator for the Gusbuck School District. Anderson signs a two-year contract starting at $126,000. Anderson most recently served as an educational consultant to schools in Africa and Europe, and he has also served as a teacher and administrator for public schools in Georgia and Oklahoma. The Gusbuck School District's press release does not mention Anderson having worked in Alaska before. And the Lower Yukon School District chose Gene Stone as its superintendent. His salary will start at $150,000 for a three-year contract. Stone currently is the district's chief officer of operations, and he was previously the superintendent for the Matsu Borough School District, and he also served as a principal in Pilot Station, Utgiavik, and Palmer. Both Anderson and Stone will start work in their respective school districts on or before July 1st. The Lower Kuskokwim School District will also see a leadership change on the same day. That's when LKSD Assistant Superintendent Kimberly Hankins will take over current Superintendent Stan Walker's role. And finally, the Village of Red Devil is trying to respond to two threats at once this spring, river breakup and COVID-19. 
Rebecca Wilmarth, a resident of the tiny community, has already been hit by one of them. She lost her job when Raven Air stopped flying after their passenger business dropped off as the state hunkered down to slow the spread of the pandemic. It was so abrupt and completely unexpected when they called. I, I, I didn't even know what to think. Wilmarth is not out of work completely. She also does community outreach for the Cuscoquim Corporation and Donlin Gold. Red Devil, located on the Cuscoquim River upstream from Bethel, does not have a local government, so it simply follows state mandates. While there is no way the people in Red Devil can keep others out, Wilmarth hopes people will simply do the right thing to protect remote communities like Red Devil. And the airlines also need to do the right thing and not allow people to travel in and out of rural Alaska. It's kind of a moral question and... We had a a couple of people that actually wanted to come in, and they did not, so that was good on them for staying in town. They had just traveled from Hawaii, so they're staying in town for the 14-day period. We don't have the authority to control who comes in and out, and we just ask that everyone does what's morally right. Meanwhile, she and others are doing what they've always done to prepare for spring floods and breakup. They're cleaning up their yards, stocking up supplies, getting their boats ready, and cleaning containers for drinking water. The concern is what will happen if they need to evacuate and someone in the village is sick with COVID-19. How can they maintain social distance and get everyone to higher ground safely? I just hope it doesn't get to that point because that is a real concern. During the region's emergency planning meeting this week, some suggested blowing up ice jams to protect communities upstream. Wilmarth likes that idea. People were suggesting we bomb the river. I would be in support of that. My mom said that they used to do that. I've never seen it happen, but I would like to. (laughs) So that sounds kind of dramatic, but I think it's a lot less dramatic than what a really bad situation might look like. State officials in the emergency meeting opposed bombing ice drams. And stay healthy, safe, and informed about COVID-19 at Coffee at KYUK. Each weekday, KYUK will provide coronavirus updates from local organizations and community partners. Tune in Monday through Friday following the 8 a.m. newscast and send your questions about COVID-19 to news at KYUK.org or through KYUK's Facebook page. This is KYUK News. Thanks for listening. I'm Christy Schallenberger. Send your tips and comments to news at kyuk.org and stay tuned for News Yukton coming up.